It's been um, a challenge, I guess, for Joshua and the whole story of stepping out and uh, claiming the land. And um, life does have its challenges of faith. And the key verse for today is found in Joshua 24, verse 15. It says, Choose for yourselves whom you will serve. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And today we're kind of looking at the subject of legacy building, how we can invest in others, just like we've seen with those young people that walk forward. And as a church community, we can invest in their lives in going on into the future. And uh, this particular verse is a really powerful verse um, for us to build our lives on. And it's very crucial, this chapter, as Joshua is now saying to the people, listen, you've got to make up your mind. Who are you going to serve? Um, is it going to be the gods that, you, that were, we were introduced to back in Egypt, or is it going to be the true and living God? Um, a key word in the process here is this word serve. It occurs 13 times in the entire chapter. In just a moment, I'm going to read it, but it's an interesting word. It really means abad or abad in the Hebrew language. It actually interfaces with the word worship as well, so it has that connotation of giving yourself to, just like we've done in song this morning. And in the book of, um, uh, in the Old Testament, it, it indicates from the story of Moses, when he spoke to Pharaoh, he said these words. This is what the Lord says, let my people go so that they may worship me. It's the same word. And so this key word in chapter 24 is going to dominate our time together this morning. Who are you worshiping? Where are you investing? As a family, we have a little song. It's a bit like a legacy song um, that our children and grandchildren sing. We're going to have a look at it right now. That's thrown on, shall we, Cheryl? Or at least I can try. That's a bit of a legacy song. <laughs> it's Kylie and Amos. And uh, yeah, I just couldn't help but watch Hudson there. He's ducking in behind. He's not real happy about saying we will serve the Lord. But anyway, yeah, it's all cool. It's an important decision, isn't it, that we make as parents who we're going to serve. Are we going to really serve the Lord? And life has its big challenges and uh, I'm inspired by the challenges of many who have made to serve the Lord, who have devoted themselves 100% to serving God. 
I don't know if any of you saw the movie Chariots of Fire, the story of, uh, of Eric Liddell. He was born into a, a missionary family, born in China, actually, and um, he was a brilliant runner, Scotsman, and he played for uh, the rugby team in Scotland, and he was preparing for the Paris Olympic Games in 1924. And in the preparation process, he got to Paris and discovered that his race was actually on the Sunday, the 100-meter race. And uh, he came to the organizers and said, I, I, I'm not going to run on Sunday. I've made a commitment myself to serve and honor God, and I'm going to obey him. And he's above my running. You know, I run for God. That was his worship. His sense of serving was to serve God. And, and the Olympic organizers sort of put a bit of pressure on him in the movie. It was actually the Prince of Wales that actually pressured him and say, you run for, for England, uh, Eric. He said, no, no, I run for God. You've got it wrong. And so he abdicated, backed off, and the people let him roll. Uh, the English people were quite critical of him. It was a very difficult moment for him as he made a decision to honor God and please God and serve God. So on the Sunday, the movie actually portrays him being in church in Paris on that particular day. But on the Monday, he was to run the race of a 400-meter race, which wasn't really his race, but they allocated it to him because he was such an incredible sprinter. And uh, in the movie, it's a brilliant moment. I don't know if you can remember him lining up, but as he lined up, someone gave him a small Bible text from uh, the Old Testament, from Samuel, 1 Samuel, that said this, those who honor me, I will honor. And uh, in the movie, it portrays him taking that little bit of paper into his hand, actually, as he, he was troweling out and placing his running shoes into the little uh, places where they would put their feet. And um, he was an, a very uh, untidy runner, I suppose you would say. He used to run to worship and his arms would go out and his head would tip back. It's almost like he's just running for God and he's just consumed with God. It's just a beautiful image, as you can see on the screen. He's just got it there. Well, he ran that 400-meter race. It was an absolute brilliant run. The Americans said, don't worry, Liddell will fade at 200. This is not his race. You've got it in the bag. And he ran the race of his life. And he beat the world record, uh, got an Olympic gold, and it was not beaten for 12 years. Isn't that a good story? If you honor God, he will honor you. And I'm inspired by biographies of people who've put their life on the line and who've said, I'm going to serve the Lord no matter what. I'm going to honor him. I'm going to worship him. It's going to cost me something, but I'm going to do that. Today, we're talking about legacy building, and we all have to make a choice. Choose you this day whom you will serve. So we're going to read now from um, Joshua chapter 24, just the first 18 verses. If you'd like to check in, because today you're going to make a choice. We're going to be having communion together. Every time we, uh, we take communion, it's an affirmation of saying, I'm a follower of Jesus, and no matter what, I'm going to follow him all the days of my life. I love that uh, old hymn that says, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Liddell uh, put his uh, life on the line in a sense and saying, I'm not... I'm to run for God. Joshua 24, listen how many times uh, the word serve comes up. This is the closing chapter, 30 years of leadership from Joshua. Now's the closeout. They've seen God at work. 
Now he's saying to them as a group of people, you're going to have to make up your mind going forward. Joshua 24. Then Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. He summoned the elders, the leaders, the judges, the officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Long ago, your fathers, um, including Terah, the, lived beyond the river and worshipped other gods. But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the river and led him throughout Canaan and gave him many descendants. I gave him Isaac. And to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. I assigned the hill country of Seir to Esau, uh, but Jacob and his sons went down to Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I afflicted the Egyptians by what I did there. And I brought you out. And when I brought your fathers out of Egypt, you came to the sea. And the Egyptians pursued them with chariots and horsemen as far as the Red Sea. But they cried to the Lord for help, and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians. He brought the sea over them and covered them. You saw with your own eyes what I did to the Egyptians. Then you lived in the desert for a long time. I brought you to the land of the Amorites who lived east of the Jordan. They fought against you, but I gave them into your hands. I destroyed them before you, and you took possession of their land. When Balak, son of Zippor, the king of Moab, prepared to fight against Israel, he sent, he sent for Balaam, the son of Beor, to put a curse on you. But I would not listen to Balaam. So he blessed you again and again, and I delivered you out of his hand. Then you crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho. The citizens of Jericho fought against you, as did also the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, Gergishites, that's an interesting one, termites, no, that's not even there, Hivites and Jebusites, and I gave them into your hands. I sent the horn ahead of you, which drove them out before you. Also the two Amorite kings, you did not do it with your own sword and bow. I gave you a land on which you did not toil and cities which you did not build. And you live in them and you eat from the, the vineyards and olive trees that, I, that you did not plant. Now, now fear the Lord and serve him. That's that word, abad. Serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your father, your forefathers worship beyond the river and in Egypt. And serve the Lord, same word. And if serving, same word. The Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you are now living. But as for me and my household, we will Serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord and to serve other gods. It was the Lord our, our God that brought us uh, and our fathers out of Egypt from the land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on, on our entire journey and, um, and among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, today is an important day for us to decide. If there's anybody in the house that's not yet decided to follow Jesus, or those of us who may be compromised in some area, 
We want to build a legacy for the kingdom. And I ask in Jesus' name that we will put our hand to the plow. That we will not turn back, but we will serve the Lord. We will worship the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and build a legacy in our families and in our community that will see Jesus exalted. Speak, Lord, we pray, for your servants are listening. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, the Bible has many examples of choices. There's the broad road. There is the narrow road. There's darkness. There is light. There is death. There is life. There is heaven. And there is hell. It's a powerful verse. This verse, choose you this day whom you'll serve. And Joshua's retort and response is, you'll have to make it up, your mind up yourself. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Make up your mind, he's really saying. You'll have to decide. Your, deci your decision will affect your destiny. Joshua is now 110 years old. He spent the last 30 years leading the people through the land. An outstanding leader. Just made that mistake with the Gibeonites. But apart from that, his leadership was pretty well flawless. And a lot hinges in this chapter. This is a hinge chapter that will determine destiny. And perhaps for some of you today, you've come uh, to this service and today is a critical day for you where God is going to be speaking to you very directly saying, who are you going to serve? Uh, where have you placed your values? Have you decided to follow Jesus? Because it will affect your whole family. The values that you have will jump into your children and beyond. It's very interesting that the second commandment, which is not to have any idols, says if your fathers choose idols, uh, they will actually curse their family to the third and fourth generation. But if your fathers love God and honor him and serve him, he will bless them with his love to a thousand generations. It's so inspiring, legacy building. In the particular passage that we're going to look at today, it's going to be broken into three parts. And the first part of the passage is about celebration. It's contemplation. It's celebration. And Joshua is reminiscing the story of deliverance and, you know, people coming out of the land. And here we are today at Wenham Baptist. And we look, can look back over our lives and see how God has blessed us. And we can reflect on that. It's very interesting that Joshua reflects on the place and the time and God's amazing miracle works. Where is the place? Where are they now meeting? It's actually at Shechem. And Shechem historically uh, was a very important place. It was 100 kilometers uh, north of Jerusalem. It was right in Samaria, actually. It became a capital of the northern kingdom when Solomon, you know, at the end of his life, there was a divided kingdom. So the northern kingdom capital was really Samaria, and right there was Shechem. But historically, it was a place where God actually gave a promise to Abraham in the book of Genesis, chapter 12. Let me read these verses. It's so important that they're now landing right back to where a promise God gave to Abraham so many, many years before. And this is what it says in Genesis 12, verse 6 and 7. It says, Abraham traveled throughout the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moriah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. 
the Lord appeared to Abraham, Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who appeared to him. So Genesis chapter 12, right at Shechem there, God is saying to Abraham, listen, you've left your land, your place, and you're right here in Shechem. And I want to tell you, Abraham, I'm going to, Abraham, I'm going to do something amazing. I'm going to give you all this land. So here they are all the years later. I was going to check on how many years it was, but it was hundreds and hundreds of years later. They're standing on the same spot where Abraham actually offered, made an, uh, uh, you know, an altar and uh, worship God. It was very, very powerful, a significant place. And he's a faithful God and will honor his promises. You know, I've found different places in my spiritual journey very important. I'll never forget, you know, 1973 in Port Moresby, in the room where I got on my knees and I yielded my life completely to Jesus. You probably have some places as well that you can remember where there was a pivotal moment of, of decision-making where you decided to follow Jesus. Maybe even now as I'm speaking, you're having flashbacks to that moment where it was when Jesus came to you and said, would you follow me? Maybe you've never done that before, and this morning on the 5th of December is a morning for you to make a decision to say, I want to follow Jesus. So this will be an incredibly important place. The place the time. Joshua had completed his task. 30 years of leading the people. He was 80 when he started and now he's 110. There's a joy in completing task, isn't there? Uh, you've all got a job to do. Uh, I have a task that's been assigned to me from my heavenly father. I would love to do it with all diligence to the day I die. Is that your kind of wish and desire? You've got something to do. There's a task. You say, Pastor Graham, it's just a little, doesn't matter how small it is. In the parable of the talents, you know, one was given five, one was given two, and one was given one. Whatever God has given to you to do, do it with all your might. Be faithful to the end, the time. It was a time for them to, to make decisions about which gods they were going to follow. For Joshua... He made up his mind. It was critical. And finally, the works of God. To celebrate and contemplate the story. It's just amazing how many times in these 12 verses the personal pronoun actually comes up about God doing this and God doing that. It was just the story of God. It's, just, it's your story of story of God. Amen? It's my story. Remember that old hymn, This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the days long, all the day long. It's it's a story of God. My story is a story of God. How He rescued me as a 21-year-old and said, "Graham, stop living for yourself and start living for me." And I had to make a choice to become a follower of Jesus 100%. The works of God. It's a great summary, actually, in verses. Uh, 12 and 13, as um, Joshua says this, he says, um, he says, So I gave you the land of which you did not toil and cities which you did not build, and you live on them and eat the vineyards and the olive groves which you did not plant. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. As I have been faithful to you in the past, so I will be into the future. 
And you've got a story. There's a legacy already built up in your life. Don't throw it away. God is good. All the time, God is good. And so we celebrate that. It's so good to remember what God has done. Psalm 107 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. He will never fail you. He will always be with you. He will bless you as you honor him. Give what you've got. Some of you might be feeling, as often I do, about my failures and the things that I mess up in. He says, Graham, give it to me. I can do something with that. I can turn your mistake into a miracle. And I think that's very much my story. And God is reminding his people to say, come on, contemplate and celebrate. Like the little boy is, what a joy it was for Tanya to give all those little ones Bibles. Amen. Uh, such a joy to have that little boy on the screen there with his Bible. I'm not sure why he's laughing, but he's pretty happy. And um, when a father and mother lead their children in the right way, it gives us a lot of joy. Can I hear an amen? And you see your legacy. You see your children and your children's children, that they will follow the Lord. And Joshua is saying to them, this is a very critical day. Come on, make your decision. And follow Jesus. Legacy building. Then he goes into this next segment of the story and says, you need to count the cost. We celebrate, we look back and we say, isn't God good? He's done all this amazing stuff. But here we are on the 5th of December, 2021. And we've got some decisions to make. We look back a little bit and say, there's some mistakes in my life and things that I wish I hadn't done. We offer it to him and say, Lord, can you untangle this mess? Can you do something with my life? I haven't been the parent that you really wanted me to be. Or I haven't been the person that you really wanted me to be. Today, the 5th of December, as we take communion, is to say, Lord, I want to rededicate my life to purpose. I want to serve the Lord. And I want you to please intervene and redeem and rescue and do stuff that I just cannot do. So in counting the cost, um, Joshua says um, three things. He says, number one, you need to fear the Lord. Number two, you need to serve the Lord with faithfulness. And thirdly, you need to throw away your foreign gods. Fear the Lord. That's always a theme of the entire Bible, isn't it? It's really respect. It's not cowering. It's not hiding. It's having this sort of great honor and respect that actually causes us to worship. Um, that's our response. That's the word abad. That's the word serve. It means to worship. We serve the Lord with gladness. But fear the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 13 says, Fear the Lord your God and serve him only. It's the same word, abad. Fear the Lord your God and worship him alone. Give your attention completely to, the, to him. Be consumed with God. Be in love with him. Serve the Lord. Worship him. Put your trust in him. Proverbs 9 verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
You get perspective from God when you look at him, when you worship him and you study the Bible. You just get this wisdom, this download from God about how to do life with him to be a godly man. You know, Psalm 112 is a really powerful psalm. Unfortunately, the, the NIV, the latest translation, actually says parent, but uh, it, it sort of uh, takes away the reality. It's really a, a, a psalm written for men. And the key opening line in Psalm 112 for a godly man is this. Blessed is a man who fears the Lord, who finds great delight in his commands. So we as men, as fathers... As young men, and some of you are young men still, set your heart to fear God. It is the central core of our journey with Jesus. Now, a godly woman is exactly the same. In Proverbs chapter 31, verse 30, it says, Charm is deceptive, beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. A godly man, for which I long to be, knowing my frailty and my failures, that God has taken my brokenness and my strife, and he's doing something with it. As men, we are called fundamentally to fear God, to put him first. And we need a muscular Christianity today for our men to rise. Can I hear an amen? This is deep in my heart to be a leader in my home, to be a spiritual leader, to set the tone, to lead my family in prayer, to open up the Bible. It's been very much a core of who we are. Imperfect, yes, but God takes that. When we honor him, he will honor us. For a godly woman, the same. The beauty is fleeting. And, uh, the, but the woman who fears the Lord is to be praised, fearing God. He's now speaking directly, so this is a costly business. Count the cost, put God first, fear and revere him, and God will bless you. Secondly, serve the Lord with faithfulness. Isn't faithfulness a beautiful word? It's that consistency. There's some wonderful people in this congregation who just keep turning up. You guys just inspire me. Just the way that you just keep turning up. You know, what is faithfulness? Faithfulness is being true to one's own word and, or, or, or commitments um, as to what one has pledged to do or professed to believe. Faithfulness. It's that constant commitment that even in hard times, when we feel like giving up, we just keep going. Yeah, we had a legacy morning at uh, my son is a pastor in the city and it was for all the grandparents. I'm going to share a bit of this, but we sang it right at the end of the, this legacy morning. Um, both Andrea and I was standing there. We sang that hymn, Greatest Life Faithfulness. Remember, for some of you, are over 50 or more. It's a song of declaration about God. And I just started to cry. Because God has been incredibly faithful to us. He never, ever fails. So we now remain faithful. We're not going to give up. You say, oh, Pastor Graham, there have been some moments, you know. 
I just felt like giving up. Yes, life happened, you know, I was so discouraged. I've had a lot of knocks. I lost my husband when I was just young. I said, God, what are you doing? And my marriage just crumbled in a mess. And, and I just, you know, I, I asked the question, God, where were you in the midst of all of that? And, and my children have just, it's just gone a bit wobbly. And faithfulness. God will never fail. Keep honoring him. And he will honor you. Thirdly, to the people of God, he says this. The first one was, fear the Lord. Number two, serve the Lord with faithfulness. Number three, throw away your foreign gods. Deal with your past. How many people do I, de- do I share with who've got so much baggage? I know I have. I, I just wonder, you know, it's going to take a lifetime to sort it all out. I just love Dawn's prayer in the prayer room this morning. And she said, I'm still kind of dealing with stuff. It's all right to say that. I've said it, haven't I, already? But uh, um, forgive me. But we, we are just work in progress. But don't hold on to the stuff. You know what? It's just not worth it. It was like a ball and chain, and Jesus wants to come and, and break the chains. Can I hear an amen? We don't want to have that stuff. And he's saying to the people, listen, your forefathers, they worshipped 13 gods in Egypt. They were all absolutely dead. <laughs> I mean, Isaiah 44 is an amazing passage about idolatry. You know, get a bit of wood, you carve it into something, you bow before it, worship, and throw the rest into the fire. I mean, it's just so it makes sense. Jesus said, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So whatever it is, Jesus demands to be number one. Throw away your foreign gods. Get, get it done and dusted. And, you know, it's just a joy for us as God's people to work through process, process the stuff. It may be that you were, went through terrible abuse as a child. Maybe there's some terrible things that have happened in your life and you find it very hard to overcome. Well, Jesus will help you to overcome and deal with those things by his amazing grace. He's a great deliverer. Can I ask the question, do you have any idols this morning? In this counting the cost, fearing God, serving him faithfully, and giving up any idols. Anything that comes before Jesus, that's an idol. I mean, the two commandments in the Bible, you shall have no other gods before me, that's it. Commandment number two, you shall make for yourselves, you shall not make for yourselves an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or in the earth beneath or in the waters below. Is there anything you're clinging to? Is there something you need to let go of this morning? Maybe a relationship? Maybe a regret? And it holds you back from breaking through? Maybe an addiction? You're struggling to let go of that thing that you've been in for so long? 
And Jesus is the one that sets captive people free. Isaiah 61 is the most beautiful expression of Jesus' messianic ministry, that he, set, he sets captives free. Freedom. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. You see, people of God, he's saying, listen, contemplate, contemplate and celebrate all that God has done. Count the costs. Fear God. Serve him with faithfulness. Never give up. Keep going when the going gets tough. And give up your foreign gods. You cannot serve two masters, you are legacy building, your children are watching you, and your grandchildren are watching you. Uh, they will observe you, won't they? I've got my, my daughter here this morning. I, it's lovely to have Jenny and Ian from Toowoomba. But, you know, I might have mentioned I have a little habit when I get tired. I play with my eyebrows <coughs> like this. Gives me a bit of relief. We had all the tribe with me the, some time ago. Looked around the table. Four of them were all playing with their eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> if it's only that, it's okay, you know. It's all the other stuff that goes with it. It's legacy building. You're pace setting. You're counting the cost. You're going to be serious contenders to follow Jesus today. On this day the 5th of December, we're signing up. We're saying, Jesus, it's you or nothing. You can't serve two masters. We make a choice. And Joshua says, you need to choose and commit. You know, verse uh, 14 is just uh, the, as, uh, the song that, that young people sung on, on the screen. It's very powerful. You need to choose and commit. You know, 1 Kings 18, verse 21, this is Elijah speaking. How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. No more procrastination. No dilly-dallying. If you're a follower of Jesus, then sign up and get baptized. We love baptizing people here. <laughs> we just hold them down a little bit, that's all. <laughs> Not really, just joking. And next Sunday we have... A baptismal service right here. No more procrastination. Signing up and letting Jesus take control. A beautiful expression here um, from the book of Deuteronomy. It says, this day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you. I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. How beautiful your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. Choose life. You can't go wrong. It's a costly business to follow Jesus. When you put your hand to the plow, there's no turning back. It's a personal choice. You choose. Nobody else can make the choice. I had to make a choice. It was a tough call when I resigned and relinquished my right to rule to be king and let Jesus be king. I tell you what, it is a daily challenge to let Jesus be king. It's our choice. 
We choose life. It's a legacy. And our family and friends and neighbors, they watch how we live. It's a priority choice. It's today, this day. Choose you this day. Don't procrastinate. Make a decision one way or the other. I love that little cliche, or not a cliche, but a little saying, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I've got a friend who I've known now for a long time, 35 years, and he's procrastinating. And I plead with him. This is not, you know, you get on in life. It's a priority choice. Don't procrastinate. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Today is the day of salvation. Hey, you know, this is very important, isn't it? This is Joshua speaking to the people of God. This is chapter 24. This is it. Hey, it's good to sign up, isn't it? Amen. It's good to be a follower of the Lord Jesus 100%. We don't, we don't have a foot in either camp. You can't do that. You can't serve God and money at the same time or whatever else. It's a Jesus alone walk. How good is that? Following Jesus, no, no matter what, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. It's a powerful choice. You say, where'd you get that from, Graham? Well, it affects your whole household. Your extended family. Your brothers and sisters, what a joy it has been for us to observe a family close to us who've given their lives to Jesus and they have then shared their faith with others and there's a whole bunch of others just come into the kingdom. The power of decision-making, it's a powerful choice. The impact will jump to your children, to your grandchildren beyond. They will have to make their call. God is not a bully. Neither are we. We live the life. We speak the words and leave the results to him. I wanted to just reflect on these words as we draw to a close. These little words are very powerful. Here I am, wholly available. As for me, I will serve the Lord. I want you to have a look at those words and ask yourself the question, have I signed up? Am I wholly dedicated? Am I available? Does Jesus have me? Uh, does he have my faults and failures? Does he have my family? Does he have my future? And God is the God of miracles. And Joshua is saying, make up your mind. Who are you going to serve? It's a beautiful song, actually. We, we won't sing it now. But it's a beautiful expression. And just as you contemplate the words, maybe you've never given your life to Christ before. You've been sitting on the fence. And you need to give your life to Jesus today. You know, he loves you. He's actually for you. He wanted you to be born. He's got a plan and a purpose. And he says, now I want you to choose. I want you to make a personal choice. I want you to make a priority choice. I want you to make a powerful choice. Because your decision is going to affect many, many others. Here I am.
wholly available. As for me, I will serve abad, worship the Lord. I will be singularly devoted.